0: today we're reading from the book of Acts chapter 3. And When we read the book of Acts, it's like reading perhaps the journal of somebody's travels, because that's what it is. The apostles travelled with the word of God, and they journaled it, and it ended up as the book of Acts, 28 chapters of it. So I'm going to read quite a slab of Acts chapter 3 right now, and I'm calling today's word The times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Acts chapter 3 verse 1. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a man was there who had been lame from birth and who was carried every day to one of the temple gates called the Gate Beautiful, where he would beg for money from the people who entered the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked intently at the man and told him to look back at them. He gave them his full attention because he thought they were about to give him some money. Then Peter said to him, look, I don't have any money, but there is something I do have that I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and start walking. Peter took the man by his right hand and began to lift him up. And straight away the man's feet and ankle bones became firm and strong. He stood up and began to walk around, then he started leaping about. He entered the temple with Peter and John, still leaping about and praising God. Everybody was staring at him as he walked around praising God. Who is this fellow? But they realised it was the same beggar they had seen so often at the gate beautiful, and they were overwhelmingly surprised. They all rushed out to Solomon's Hall, where he was holding tightly to Peter and John. Everyone stood there awed by the wonderful thing that had happened. You can imagine them being overwhelmed and perhaps not able to believe their eyes. They'd seen this man all his life there. Jesus would have passed by him. But Jesus hadn't stopped to heal him. You think, well, why didn't Jesus do a healing? And it's remarked by many people that it's most probably because Jesus knew there was a a destiny for this man, this healing was going to be immortalised. as a sign to the people in the temple that day that God was in Jesus Christ. And all of the people in the temple were able to hear and see that testimony of the resurrected life of Jesus in operation. So when Peter saw this, everybody crowding around, he addressed the crowd saying, All you Israelites, what are you staring at us like that for? As if it was something to do with our holiness or our power that caused this man to walk. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and of our forefathers has done this to glorify his son Jesus, whom you handed over to Pilate and rejected. Even when Pilate himself was determined to set him free, you've rejected the holy and just one and pleaded for a murderer to be set free in his place. You have killed the Prince of Life, whom God has raised from the dead. We are witnesses to the fact that he rose from the dead, and is still alive. It is all about him and who he is and what he does. And faith in his name has made this man, whom you all know and recognise, healed and strong. It is the faith that comes from Jesus that has given this man perfect soundness before your very eyes. But it's clear to me now that you and your spiritual leaders all of those things in complete ignorance. However, it's also clear that God had declared to you all about Christ and his suffering through the prophets. And these prophecies have now been fulfilled. So now you need to repent by accepting a totally new mindset and change your whole way of life and let your sins be cancelled out. Then you will know. And here we have the title of today's word then you will know the times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord and God will send Jesus Christ back as has been proclaimed but he must stay in heaven until in God's time everything is restored to the fulfillment of what has been prophesied through the prophets since the beginning of time Moses said The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. That's Jesus. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Then Moses said, Anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Every prophet, starting with Samuel, spoke about what is happening today. You are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers saying to Abraham, And in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Israel thought it was only them, perhaps. And this now was the declaration that it was for the whole world. Peter goes on to say, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to you people first to bless you in turning every one of you away from your iniquities. The Bible says that the old Levitical priesthood of Israel could not fulfil the completeness of what God's will was for his people in the earth. It says that in the book of Hebrews. And Jesus has been given a special priesthood ministry from heaven called the priesthood of Melchizedek which ushers us into his presence drawing us into being bonded with him and God the Father through the Holy Spirit this priesthood ministry brings about the completeness of what God's will is for his people in the earth it's a ministry from heaven people think why did the heavens take him back And why is he still there? Well, he has work to do from heaven to bring us into that place of presence. We are heading towards that time of fulfilment through Jesus, determined by God's word from the beginning of time. And the goal is, I'm reading here from the book of Ephesians chapter 4, until we all reach the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God That doesn't just mean dogma and doctrine, but it means the agreement together of who Jesus is. That is the unity of the faith. Do we all come to that unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God? To maturity, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And how can that ever be? Well, only God knows that measure for each one of us. He measures to us, by his grace, that progress of transformation to be made into his image, to have our soul healed. God knows that measure, and he knows the number that will be gathered to him in this way, and he knows when that will be completed. We don't. But we can live with this hope in our hearts. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19 it says this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. it leads us through the veil into God's presence in the holy place Jesus has already gone in there for us he has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek I'll have more to say about Melchizedek at some other time but this is what Jesus does to us, in our spirit, all the time from heaven, opening up the way into that holy place to be with God. And when our spirit is awakened to this, our souls can be healed, saved, and begin to express the life of Jesus within us. It's not simply something that you might read and say, that's an interesting fact, what a noble thought. No, it is something that our spirit awakens to. So we now express not just our own life and our own spirit, but the life of Jesus within us. Not just the natural life of our, our natural spirit, which is made in the image of God. It's a wonderful natural spirit. But it is uninformed and separated by not knowing that we are joined or can be joined to the Spirit of God. Through Jesus, our human spirit is now joined as one spirit with the Spirit of the Lord. So those verses in the beginning of Acts chapter 3 brought the kingdom of heaven's activity right into the Jewish temple and the sign of a miracle healing through the risen Jesus took place before the eyes of all the Jewish people in the temple. Peter took this opportunity to preach to the Jews that their time of being the witness in the earth to the presence of God was over for this age and that a new order of the kingdom age had begun. This warning had the air of finality about it for Israel and would require from them a change of mind and heart in their spirits that could bring them out of ignorance and unbelief into hearing the truth about Jesus and having faith in him. God put on a display for them. The Bible says that many people joined the church in that day. It sent the poor leaders of Israel, mad. 5,000 people. It sent all of a sudden, joined themselves to the church. See, God was bringing everything from the past that had promised Jesus the Messiah into the world to now belong to the present moment. It was all written. One day, this would burst upon the scene, and it happened there in that temple in a spectacular way. But it was not only that moment in time, but it was for all time into the future where all of our sins are cancelled out and where we can experience the times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. That's what Peter had said. He said the heavens have got to keep Jesus there until the fulfilment of everything that's been promised. And he's still there where you will receive times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. And that Greek word for refreshing is anaphyxis, the recovery of breath. Phyxis or sphyxis is breath. That's where our English word asphyxiate is the opposite. It means choked off with no breath. This is anaphyxis, which means recovering. You've got breath again, anasphyxis. breath again. Literally, it means revival. That's what the Greek word translates it as when you look at the Greek concordance, the recovery of breath. We live again. That Greek word anasphyxias, refreshing, revival, is only used this one time ever in the New Testament. You'd think the Bible, the New Testament, would be full of the word revival. No, Never mentioned. Only in that one word, the times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. That is revival. Two or three times in the Old Testament, the word revival is mentioned, and it also links up with the presence of the Lord. We'll look at that another time. So in its natural sense, in its application, it's the breathing again of the year of life for our body to live. That's what that word is. There's another sense. Not just having our body revived, the paramedics there, and they say, anisexis, it's breathing again. That breathing again is done automatically. We're not conscious, we don't have to huff and puff and say, I hope I'm breathing, it's there. In fact, if you're breathing, you know you're alive. As we rest in God's presence with faith that we are one with God in spirit, the Lord makes us aware of the Holy Spirit breathing God's life within us. That's the times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. It's not just saying, oh, I'm breathing, I must be alive. No, this is there is something else alive in me, living and breathing. It is the presence of God. That is revival, spiritual revival. So this refreshing of anasphyxis is the new air that we breathe of God's holy presence within us. This is our revival our personal revival, at all times. And all it means is the conscious awareness of being present in our hearts and minds with the life of the Holy Spirit within. Now just think about that. The simplicity of the Gospel. You've got a mind, you've got a heart, you've got a breath, you know you're breathing, and they put this word in here, yet you've also got another life within you, the life of God. And in his presence you are revived with that life consciously by faith that you have that life within you. And that can be for any person by faith, by the grace of God, at any time that they want to focus on that reality is something that revives in the spirit. So our faith is a conscious appreciation of every moment of our life in Christ. Now, as we sit, and receive these times of refreshing in his presence today. We can focus our hearts and minds from a place of spiritual oneness with the Father, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and come to know them as persons that we are part of. We are part of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit and they are part of us there are three wonderful parts actually reviving us with life their life when you sit in presence today talk to them tell them how you feel ask each one of them to reveal their nature to you of love and compassion for the burdens you carry in your soul let them reassure you that they are Accomplishing something for you supernaturally with those burdens that is beyond your power to achieve. Jesus said, come to me, all you that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. In other words, be bonded with me. I'll unbond you from the burden. I'll take it, and you're now bonded to me. And learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. See, Jesus gives us grace for that burden. We know he's with us. We're not alone. And our soul is rescued from being isolated. We now grow in a new life, in a healing of that soul. So now I'd just like us to to wait for a moment and we're going to hear some music and we will sit in the presence of the Lord and breathe his air that is his life. Ask Holy Spirit what he's doing. He's saying, I'm putting you in touch with that burden that you're carrying. I remember it, I was with you when you were wounded or hurt in some way, disappointed. I was there. And I'm bringing you now to the one, to Jesus, He'll speak to you in it. We give thanks to the Holy Spirit for knowing how we feel So now just think of what you're carrying and what you are asking God to bear. Could be for yourself. You might be bearing a burden for somebody else. So just let that be given to Him, and He says, I'll give you rest for yourselves. Ask the Father, what are you doing in this burden? And he says, I've made provision for this. He said, I see every sparrow that falls from the sky. He said, I see what you've been through. I'm here to bring about a restoration, to bring it before you, bringing new things into your life. I reorder the circumstances. Just as something new appeared on stage, on the stage of the world in that book of Acts, and all of a sudden something was seen. The Father arranges those things. It's his time, it's his plan for our lives, and he will arrange for something to appear on the scene for you, to show you, look what I'm doing now. You can live with a new hope. He's reordering all things in all of those burdens as they come to the Lord. It's the witness of the resurrection, as you know that you're trusting in jesus who is alive working from heaven burdens are lifted things change your life changes you think differently you decide differently you do differently and life works differently i use this moment now to say thank you lord that we enter into that place of refreshing in the presence of the lord be revived A new kind of life, lived in a different kind of way. Thank you, Lord. He's with us now.